0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Season 2 of the Front Podcast. For this episode, I had the pleasure to sit down with Missy from Mannequin Pussy right before the EP release for Perfect. Uh, tune in to learn about Missy's journey into music and video direction, uh, the story behind the new EP, but most importantly what she really thinks of TikTok. Um, Alright, genuinely this was such an interesting conversation I had. I uh, hope you'll enjoy it too, um, thanks very much. Hi everybody, welcome to season two, episode number six on the Christian Podcast. I'm your host Maya, my pronouns are she, they, and today I finally get to welcome as a guest Missy from Mannequin Pussy. Uh, Missy, I'm so excited to have you as a guest today. Uh, yeah, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Missy, I'm from Mannequin Pussy, I use the pronouns she, they, and I'm very excited to be here.
0: So cool that this finally worked out. Um, but anyways, so for those of you tuning in for the first time, uh, on the Questfront podcast, we invite marginalized artists and crew to talk about breaking into the music industry, growing as an artist, finding crew gigs, and uh, many more things. Um, why we do this? Essentially, we hope to empower listeners and show them that, that they can do it too. Uh, you may be wondering now who is Questfront. Um, well, we are an artist management and PR company um, with a focus on marginalized artists and uh, our mission is to facilitate more diversity and accessibility in the music industry. Um, anyway so let's get into it Missy. Uh, usually I like to start with an easy question. Um, how did you get into music?
1: Uh, well the first time I tried to get into music I was like 15 or 16 uh had a lot of rage and uh sadness in me really wanted to play guitar tried to start a band with friends it didn't go very well um and then uh you know life just kind of continued to happen without me actively pursuing the things i personally wanted to and then um when I was 23, I became a caretaker for my mother after she had a stroke, um, and I moved back in with her and my dad to help, and that is when I started playing guitar.
0: Very cool. Um, how how did that in the end kind of like, how, how did that translate into, you know, the band that you're in today, into Mannequin Pussy? How did that kind of go, the evolution?
1: Um, well at the time I had moved back like my parents were uh, living in Connecticut so i I moved back in with them um, to to help out and started playing guitar and I would take the train into New York City uh, where I had a bunch of friends who lived just kind of to you know get out of uh out of the real world and into the city world, uh, kind of feeling. And um the only person I knew who played instruments and wasn't in a band was my childhood friend Thanasi. Um, and uh, he was he was all about the idea of just trying to to play music together and start a band. and that was kind of the the genesis story for for how MP started.
0: Super sick. Yeah. I mean, needless to say that i'm that I'm a really huge fan of the band. Um but yeah anyways I, I really appreciate you know your music and, and sort of everything that that mannequin pussy stands for, I want to say. Yeah. Thank you. Um all right. Uh obviously let's talk about the you know exciting developments happening at uh team mannequin pussy. Uh you recently released two singles of the upcoming EP called Perfect out on May twenty first, which will be three days in the past when this comes out um how how does it feel to finally get back into it after you know the past year and everything uh and even with the prospect of potentially even playing those songs to people in the not too far future
1: it's it's a lot of different feelings i mean it's it's i'm very uh excited and and proud that we were able to and also, I mean, like aware of like the privilege that we had last year to be able to go into a studio together and and try to to make something. Um, you know, I think without uh, for for a very long time in our our own kind of existence as Mannequin Pussy, playing shows is really how we funded. A lot of our time in the studio and things like that and so being a part of epitaph and having them be so supportive of us saying hey we want to go into the studio but we also don't have any songs <laughs> and um we just want to try to write something and them saying okay sure <laughs> you know that's um, an immense privilege to have it at this point in are like uh, lives as, as artists and creators. Um, so I I definitely give a lot of gratitude for that um, that partnership that we have with them. Um, but yeah, I think I just like said something online the other day that was like, patience is out, or, or yeah, uh, perfect is out in eleven days, which means I have eleven days and still I start feeling like shit for not having a new record ready. <laughs> So like yeah, the day that perfect comes out, I'll I'll start to feel like immense dread—not dread, but like oh, I need to, I need to get back into the studio. I need to get back to work and and really start focusing on on creating the, the next body of work.
0: But isn't that sort of the inherent sign that of just like being a good artist in a way? Um, like or, I mean, not necessarily a good artist, but just like I feel like I feel like that sort of never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yearning to like create the next thing isn't that what sort of keeps it keeps it interesting and like i mean definitely and like as a band of like many years now uh you know a couple of piece deep um i feel like how do i say this like playing playing in a band i think it, it's very easy to quickly sort of lose touch with the actual thing that started the band which was just creating art in a collective of people yeah um and very quickly becomes about all of these business things and like this tour thing and then you tour forever and you kind of like get caught in that hamster wheel of how the music industry unfortunately works all that stuff um and i feel like having that having that concept like i mean that isn't isn't the drive isn't that drive to like always create the next thing in the end what's what's like the best thing about all of this and or like isn't that what it should be yeah i mean
1: i think that's the thing that that makes you an artist (laughs) it's like like, that's (laughs) that's the thing that that you want to continue to create you feel like you haven't exhausted all everything you have to say you still have something in you that you know you need to pull out um and it it is kind of wild you know I've, i've never like considered myself or um our collective like prolific in in a sense like Mm -hmm. we don't write we're not writing a song like every week or every month or something we just kind of like write when we feel we have to pull something out of ourselves Um, but it is kind of wild that at this point um, especially with the advent of of perfect coming out that this is the first time I kind of feel like we have like a, a body of work like for so long in my own mind I was like oh we just like have a few records out and now I kind of feel like we've We've created this 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 body and now we're we're adding more to it and kind of mm-hmm. even extending the the expanse of like what our universe can be.
0: That's so interesting because I was actually like preparing this sort of thinking about art. And like as somebody who's an artist manager myself and running loads of digital marketing stuff for artists and 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 things like that. Um, something I think about a lot is the story you tell and like storytelling as a, as a thing in general and um, how, how to really tie together different works within like a career, you know, um, and, and how to do that on both a video level and an audio level on a business level on, how you play tours and where you play them and what strategies behind that and all of these things. Um, and it's interesting. I felt the same thing. I was preparing the question. I was like, especially with the EP now, it feels the most cohesive, I would say, I've ever seen from 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 Mannequin Pussy. I don't know. There's like a new quality to 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 the new two singles and, and the video work and stuff behind it, which I guess has a lot to do with the fact that um, you're kind of like... Um, much much more in in control of uh, especially the body of video work at this time uh, you you directed those two videos on your own i think um the first two ones after drunk 2 which was your general premiere as a video director right mm-hmm. or like a full like responsibility kind of role um i don't know like would you would you kind of like say it that way too or
1: i think so i mean something i've always said is I kind of didn't have any, um, like, private time to develop my own sense of, like, artistry and sense of musician. Like I said, like, when I turned 23 and I moved back in with my parents, um, I started playing guitar for the first time and writing songs for the first time. And within, like, a few weeks, I had started the band. And so I just... You know, it's like I never had that that private practice of like years and years and years of developing my my playing style, or my songwriting style. It was just like immediately made it very public, Mm -hmm. almost as like a I almost would say like a self-sabotage, because I think there is something sometimes I think like, oh, we kind of were easy to write off because I definitely was like I publicly sucked for many years (laughs) before I kind of started to to understand, uh, you know, how to, how to develop this. Um, and you know, I I think that is, that there's definitely an aspect of that where like our very first record that came out, I had been playing guitar for just a few years at the Mm. time that we recorded it. And then now it's like 10 years later, it took me that long to kind of find my own footing and kind of, uh, have that confidence to, direct videos and be very in control of kind of like mm-hmm. all these visual aspects and um, and want to create that kind of like world that exists beyond just, just, you know, the sonic quality of the record. But like yeah. how do you move that into, to the visual? And I, I think, yes. you know, often we're very, very, um, what's the word? Impatient. We're just so impatient to to get to this place when the reality is, is that, art like anything else that you do takes years and years and years of of practice and development as you as you get to to that next level
0: but then again like it is just a a part of the the process you know and uh i mean everybody started somewhere and i'll also just say um honestly men are given so much slack with that and i will say that you know men at 10 years in their career are still writing the same shit quality songs that they've done 10 years ago. So, um, but, but no, it's, it's, it's genuinely like, I I was sort of doing a little bit of like a dive into older manicure pussy material and then sort of working my way forward just to get a little bit into kind of the, the vibe, I guess. And, and it is, I don't know, like one of the things I most appreciate about, about artistry and, and seeing evolutions so publicly is just, you that you get to have that very in the end like almost like too personal insight into a human making such an evolution but also isn't that a really beautiful thing god damn it I'm getting super sappy again (laughs) but I mean I love
1: that it is a beautiful thing and it feels beautiful as well to be kind of like given the space to allow yourself to develop over time and kind of have that that sense of okay, well, what I was making 10 years ago isn't going to be what I'm making today. Mm-hmm. And that you you can figure, you can become more comfortable with yourself. You can figure out who you are. You can figure out how you want to say things. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely agree with you sometimes where I, I, I really feel like when I think about wanting to, start the, wanting to have started a band and things like that, I was so into music and I would go to shows all the time and I would have like when i lived in colorado i'd have like punk shows at my kitchen and things like that and i really started to realize that a lot of these bands that like had a lot of attention and could bring a lot of people were were really you know I, i sometimes like hate to harp on it but like they they were they were they were men who looked so bored playing their own music. And I just started to feel this like great offense that like I had come to these shows and was like ready to experience something. And it looked like this performer on stage just like could not give less of a mm-hmm. shit of where they were. And I it always like really kind of insulted me at a point as a fan where I was like, this this performer doesn't care at all about us or our experience or this idea that like we're all part of this collective experience. And I think that was kind of like this seed that got planted in me of like, if they look so bored doing it, I need to do this because this is not the experience I want for myself at shows. And this is certainly not the experience I would want for other people going to shows.
0: It is so interesting the, the how you say it is because um, like a while back I heard Mia from uh, Pom Pom Squat on, on the podcast and... And she literally said this thing the same way, word for word, pretty much. Um, really? Yeah, true. Yeah, I and think it is
1: something people notice, it, you it know, is, especially when you are a fan. Yeah, and it
0: is a common theme that I that, that I see. Um, and, and I love that. And I'll I'll say, like, you know, there there was a time where I wasn't out as, like, a trans person and everything. And I, I used to play in, like, an all-male band myself a long while back. And... Um, yeah, like I, you know, even even back then, the uncracked actor used to be at that time. But I, I definitely noticed things like that as well, and I always wondered, like, why, like, why, why not put sort of more in into that, you know? But at the same time, you know, I also was in a band where, like, this guy, this like singer guy, would always like literally make fun of me every single time I would even attempt to speak about fashion sense or clothing or anything like that so not exactly the best environment anyways but um but it's 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 interesting interesting to hear that and i appreciate your dedication to the sickest outfits in uh in alternative (laughs) music
1: (laughs) i think sometimes when someone believes that they are owed something they don't feel like they have to put the the passion into it to to create it beyond. It's just like the mere fact that it exists. I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: I get your point though. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Like when you are kind of in a position where you, especially like when I started 10 years ago, um, not a lot of, uh, very, very still much like a, a white man's world, um, with, A lot of people that we played shows with and things like that but starting to come up you you start to realize like oh there's just like a hunger in people who don't feel like they're owed something Mm.
0: you just said a really interesting point that i needed to like think about for a sec but you're so right about this and i feel like that has got to be a it's got to be a perfect tagline for this podcast already but we'll see (laughs) i appreciate that um now I think I kind of touched a little bit on on your role as a video director, like very much somebody in charge of of the visuals around around Mannequin Pussy. Um, how, like, aside from just Mannequin Pussy, could you could you ever see yourself sort of um, in like say like working for a TV show, or doing like cinematography, uh, like yeah, working on a TV show, or like even maybe uh, directing your own. Uh, full length uh movie at some point or something like that like do you feel like any of that could be in the future for you is that something you want to explore
1: definitely yeah i kind of i kind of feel like that might be this this like uh where, where, you know like when you see your future dividing into like these two roads you're like i think i want to walk down this road for a while and really develop it i think my experiences my, my limited experiences i've had on set um doing three videos now and like uh few more upcoming I'm just I feel so comfortable and happy and I I I realized with the perfect video what it is that I'm so attracted to with with directing and being on set is that it's very much like being in a band like I the way that I see being in a band is that it's this very collective experience where individuals with specific sets of talents come together to chase a vision as one right like you can all hear something you're all chasing that together but y- you each need to employ your your different talent that you have to get there and being on set is like that on acid it's just so many more people who need so many such a bigger set of specific uh individual talents and and things who all have to, again, come together, be able to see something. And, you know, as a director, like your job is to assemble that team and to be so clear with what it is that you want, that everyone can see it before you even start filming. Um, And I'm just so attracted to that. Uh, Just groups of people coming together to make things is, is really, uh, it's, it's it's new to me and very exciting still I'm obviously not I'm sure that there's many people who've been doing it for a very long time who are very burnt out on it but for me I'm like oh wow this is this is novel
0: I mean as somebody uh, who kind of has more or less no clue on how how video production goes and like how to write a video treatment and all of these things what is kind of like your breakdown for somebody just wanting to kind of get into this or like say like what was your process towards eventually directing drunk too. Um, and, and like, how, how does that go? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm very grateful, uh, for my friend, Michelle Zahner, who does Japanese breakfast, um, because she kind of, I mean, she really served as like a, a template for me to see someone who, uh, I'm I'm close to take such control of the visual aspect of, of the world that, that she's building throughout her music. And it's really inspiring because I, I you know, I feel like with so many things, music included, there's this sense that if you haven't done it before, you can't start now. Especially once you reach, like, a certain age, you know? I, th- I felt yeah, that way. Yeah, 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 Even when I was, like, 16 and wanting to play guitar, I remember someone being like, oh, well, if you haven't been playing since you're 10, like, you can't learn now. Like, imagine saying that to, like, a 16-year-old. That, is, like,
0: that is terrible. Yeah,
1: it's like, you're, you're that's, but this is this, we have this really, like, wonky way of, of looking at our experiences as, like, humans who yearn to learn new things that you're supposed yeah. to for some reason collect all the knowledge and talent you would from the ages of like 5 to 17 and then at 18 you should know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life and it's just that is
0: such a stupid idea
1: right it is it is but like for some reason this is like the script of life that like keeps getting handed to us it's like well you better you better i mean at least this is definitely how it is in America i don't know how it is Um, in other places but it's this immense pressure that you better have it all figured out Um, oh
0: yeah i i felt that too as somebody who grew up in europe um but uh but yeah i mean i will say i kind of i did kind of know where i wanted to go with 18 but i would have never been able to know all the facets of what exactly that would be like i had a very very like primal vision or like very like uh, restricted vision of like yeah I want to like be in music and like the only thing I knew that like I always knew at like H18 I had like this five-year plan I was like I'm gonna, gonna tour the world and, and then I did that but I would have never imagined that I'd now have found myself behind the stage and actually kind of feeling much more comfortable there Um, to sort of be the person to sort of like be the person behind the stage that like pulls all the, the threads like I actually enjoy that position a lot more than being on the stage for some reason, um, but yeah, I, I I do I do see your point. And like I, um, I I used to I I actually am a trained lab assistant, which is the weirdest thing ever. And I'll oh. clearly never work in that job again. But I guess uh, just to prove my point that I was so clueless of like even the fact that music could be a thing I could make my living, that I ended up in a fucking biology lab and hated it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you try you try those things, and then that yeah that real thing inside you that's like itching just never shuts up. So you're like, all right, well, I better feed you and give you attention because you're not going to stop lamenting that you haven't done this. And that's how it kind of was with with directing. I had these. I I will say, like, I don't think that every song necessitates a visual. So if there is someone who's listening to this who's been thinking about directing and and thinking about you know creating music videos, Mm -hmm. um don't try to, to force a visual onto a song because I don't think that every song necessarily has a visual story to tell, but sometimes mm-hmm. they do and it's it's very clear. So like with Drunk 2, you know, I wrote this treatment of, I, I wanted to combine this kind of almost like magical realism in a sense where you're not sure exactly if this is happening or it's happening in someone's head. So mm-hmm the concept of like building a, a tunnel of love that someone's standing in, the idea that you're in a room and everyone around you is making out with someone to more so just kind of give these clues that maybe these things aren't exactly happening this way, but this is the way that the person feels or they're interpreting these experiences around them. Um. So, so at the time I approached Michelle and was like, Michelle, like I know you've been directing music videos for other people. Do you think you could direct this for, for mannequin pussy? and she was like well what do you want to do and then I just went off on this like okay so we're gonna start outside the club I'm gonna be like walking in I walked through a tunnel of love and I like walked her through this whole thing and she was like Marissa like you are a director you what you what you just did is everything that would be my job so she was like you need to do it and that She Oh, yeah, she is. She's an incredible friend. And I needed that. Like, I needed someone to say, it's okay that you haven't done this before because you have everything inside of, like, your mind and the way that you work and the kind of, like, boss energy that you need to be, um, you know, instructing people and guiding them through this process. She was like, you already have it. Just Mm -hmm. do it. And so I did.
0: <laughs> I wonder though, um, like you're clearly a person that especially over over the years has, has kind of like become somebody who's so in control and so like, like you really give off that impression of like, you know exactly where you want to go, you know, how you want to go there, you know, who you're going to take with you. Uh, how you're going to build that world. Like you've got all of these things so, so like in, in your hand, um, how like this, I guess comes from my perspective as being an artist manager myself, who also likes to always be in control of all of these things, but yet, yet, um, we, we spoke about collaboration and, and the quality in that so much already. Um, how do, do you, this is genuinely coming from a personal interest here as well. How do you balance those, those two? Like how, how does it work for you to work with a manager or like more specifically two managers? Um, And how does it work for you to work with a label and like sort of how, how do you balance those, those two levels, if, if that makes any sense?
1: I mean, I definitely had to like remind myself just how burnt out and, exhausting it is to actually be in control of every single thing that kind of comes through your world as a musician. And when I started realizing that I was spending like more than 40 hours a week doing mail orders because I didn't want to, you know, have someone else do it lest they mess it up or that Mm -hmm. I was also like booking all of our own tours that I was, I started Mm -hmm. realizing I'm exhausting so much energy because of this feeling that I need to do everything, why? I'm 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 expending True. energy when I could be putting that into creating art and and doing doing the very thing that's kind of given me this opportunity to send out mail orders and go on tours and and all these things. So I think opening yourself up to allow people to help you is um, a very difficult thing for some people, myself included.
0: But it is it is it is key in the process to make great thing, and for self-preservation yes yes that What? what makes you trust somebody though to do the job as good as or maybe even better than you would have done it
1: uh i mean in the case of someone like rachel i mean they've been part of my life for like four or five years now and so I mean they first started with us just as like a merch tour manager and then um Tim Zahotsky who is our who, who was our, is our manager um was just like Rachel is like their manager potential and it was his idea to be like what do you think about like we're both your managers and I kind of train them in this world and they'll split the commission And, you know, I, I really think it's about like, you just see things in people sometimes and you realize that if your gut is trusting them and they've demonstrated that they're trustworthy and they, they genuinely want the best for you, then it's, it's, it's the right time to kind of like open that door and, and let them into your, your creative life. Um, I think it's a lot about just like caring about people. In that way and realizing that if you care about the people who are helping you and you are, you know, kind and supportive, then they they give that back. It's I, I'd like to think it's much more harmonious than kind of the the very cold vision of the world that or at least of the music world that that generally is of managers who are out there to, to take advantage of you, labels who are out there to take advantage of you and things like that. And if you approach these people very like honestly about exactly what it is that you want then there's really no room for them to take advantage because you've already laid out this is what i expect this is what i need and kind of go from there
0: yes yes and i feel like in that you've already given such a great uh answer to the question that maybe you know a young artist that will listen to this now would have and be like but how do i know when the right time is and i I think you just you just sat there already when as an artist you know where you want to go and how you want to go there but you simply lack the hours in a week to make this happen um and when things kind of become overwhelming because so many things are happening that is exactly when you need somebody so um so yeah i i appreciate that and i do think that um already this this interview is going to be genuinely really really interesting for for like somebody who's maybe just starting out in music you know to to listen to um Hello again. Thank you so much for listening to these first 30 minutes of Finding Footing with Missy from Mannequin Pussy. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, uh, please head over to our Patreon now. Uh, honestly, really sorry to cut you off so much right here, but um, doing this podcast costs a lot of time and we somehow need to finance this as well. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to hear this full episode, please head over to our Patreon now at patreon.com slash front I uh, hope to see you there. Thank you so much again and have a great day.